Hello and welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Megan Sunday. And I'm Bo North. On this show, we are discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter. And this week, we are back to talk chapter 34, just as soon as we finish singing a love song. <laughs> uh, whenever I'm alone with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, literal love song just popped into my head. Uh, love- I could totally see Paul, though, like, yes. listening to The Cure in yes. his room on Caledon. Yes. Uh, singing a love song to your new love interest and everyone your she mom knows. watches disapprovingly. Your mom. <laughs> your mom is there, all of her friends. Yeah. You kind of just not proposed. Into it. <laughs> but you didn't know you proposed. Oh, God, that's right. Oh, this chapter's got a lot going on. And a I just read a on. romance where it was like, oops, did we not mention that that means you're married here? Oh, which one? Uh, the the Duke Buys a Bride. Oh, is that Sophie Jordan? Yeah. Yeah, I actually like that one. I like that one, too. Yeah. I didn't know if I would because the one before it I wasn't super into, so I kind of mm-hmm. had given up. Yeah. But then I, was, I saw it mentioned on Twitter, and I was like, I'll give that one a shot. Yeah, so I just started reading... And it is a lot of fun. Um, Eva Lee's um, My Fake Rake. Oh, I and have that is, on my little cart here. Yeah, it is an, um, like an 80s rom-com, but a Regency romance. So nice. I'm really, really excited. And so far, it's really fun. And I'm still, there's still more of these mysteries that I'm still reading. I'm still oh, reading them. Yeah. I will I... finish them. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I'm still working my way through the Gaslight Mysteries as well. I am. You're way ahead of me, I believe, but I'm going to catch up eventually. But Dune. Dune. None of that has anything to do no. with Dune. When no. has that ever stopped us, though? <laughs> I mean, uh, I could totally see an aspect of the Paul and and you know, Paul and Cheney thing being like, oh no, there's only one bed to sleep in. Yeah. I mean, there's, you could totally trope this up a little bit, Frank. That's all I'm saying. Which is why I read that one because I saw it listed in a list of books that have that trope, but I'm, yeah, it's, it's very cheesy, but I'm very fond of, oh no. Oh, I love tropes. I love, where only are we going to sleep? There's only I love, one bed. like a road trip. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, stuck, you know, stuck on a trip together. Like, uh, Tessa Dare's A Week to Be Wicked. So, so good. Um, Sarah McLean's The Rogue Not Taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those two are like the top of my list for like road trip romances. So good. But I love because they both include like only one bed scenarios. I always like that in those there's no one is ever like well i'm gonna sleep on the floor it's always like well i guess we'll be fine it's like you will be fine (laughs) you crazy kids yeah (laughs) who are you fooling (laughs) that would have totally happened i could totally see it being like oh there's not enough room on this journey through the desert old-timey beds there really wasn't much room in them (laughs) or they're always so big that they're like oh it'll be fine I've, like, even when we were in Sweden and we toured uh, the castle at Kalmar, like, the beds that the, like, they have the actual beds that, like, the queen used to sleep in. And they're so small. (laughs) Just, like, why? Weren't you guys, like, big Viking types? 
you're also tall and whatever so uh well and back then it was like oh i'm in bed everyone come in plus also it's like you know i'm five three and I'm the tallest person in the room <laughs> we've talked <laughs> about this before <laughs> yeah oh. no i i damned forever if i tried to go back in time <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, um, what's Who your is deal? that giantess? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it would work out. There's always guys in these romance novels. There's always the obligatory, like, usually Scottish dude who's mm. always just like, oh, I'm the only six five man in Scotland. I just yeah. have to find that guy. <laughs> He's always monstrously big. If you've ever read uh, Karen Marie Moaning's uh, Highlander series, like all of her romance heroes. This is my, I enjoy those books because they're really goofy, but every single one of the heroes is exactly the same as the one before. They're all like super <laughs> tall and buff and have long waist length black hair. And I'm always just like, that is too much to it's do too much with. man. And there's one where this girl, I swear to God, this is, and I swear we'll get to Dune, but I have to share this with the world because it is so funny. There is this girl and she is a 25-year-old physicist who has never had sex. So she goes to Scotland to find her. And I swear to God, this is the, the phrase she uses in the book, her cherry picker. Oh, no. Yeah, she calls it that Oh, throughout mm. the whole book, her cherry picker. Nope. And it is awful. <laughs> oh, I hate her so much. <laughs> Although, I'm thinking of at least two books that feature the, I just want to lose my virginity, so I choose you. Yeah. And it works out pretty well for them. Yeah. Well, no, she has to travel back in time to lose her virginity the in a sacred circle. That's way too much effort. <laughs> it's so much. Like, it's a lot. Oh. And these oh guys, God. like, they're all related and all this. And it's just like, how? this is too much. <laughs> like, you can't expect me to believe that this 13th century Scottish, you know, clan guy has got perfect white teeth. It's always the teeth. The teeth are yeah. always the thing. Yeah. It's always like, well, I could tell he's wealthy because he has teeth. She's like, I'm going to need a little more than that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I fairly recently went on a tour of a historical home and parts of it were so beautiful. I mean, it was all very beautiful, but like, yeah, mm -hmm. some of it was so small where they were like, this is the grand dining room. And it's like, really? Grand. <laughs> in name How many only. people were they putting in there? Yikes. <laughs> but there's no more of that in Dune because now we live in a place where there are no dining rooms. No more dining right. rooms. So, yeah, we should get to the chapter. Um, and I'm going to take this really arduous mm. uh, epigraph mm -hmm. from <laughs> Irulan this week. Um, this comes from... Now we're going to talk about Dune, guys. Yeah. Uh, from the Wisdom of Muad'Dib by the Princess Irulan. God created Arrakis to train the faithful. Put that on a pillow. Yeah. Stitch that up on that. a sampler. Yeah. Um. So we get to meet more Fremen this week. Mm-hmm. It's time for Jameis's funeral, which I guess yeah. they're just doing on the road. Yeah, because I don't think they're not at the Siege yet. Mm -mm. No, that's the next couple, uh, not next chapter, but after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're... 
so I guess they just have to stop at a place where they have like a rendering plant or whatever mm. they're doing with yeah. this. Um, so Jessica's kind of just like, oh, her suit's really sweaty and gross. Yeah. Stillgar's like, you'll get used to it. You'll sweat less. And she's like, great. Yeah. And she's already thinking, like, I know, like, eventually I'm going to get to the point where I'm not thinking about water and moisture, like, all the time. But I'm thinking about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Which I would be, too. Like, I cannot stand to have chapped lips and dry skin. No. I'm very delicate. <laughs> I need to be moisturized. Moisturize me. And oh, and then, <laughs> so she, and she also, her brain starts, you know, working because she sees Paul with Chani and she's like, I got to talk to him about this because yeah, he can't go marrying one of these women. Yeah. And I think there's an element that like, since they don't entirely know all of the Fremen's customs, like she doesn't yeah. quite know, like, you know. Do they have rules about about virginity or about sex? Or is it just kind of like, if you sleep with someone, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, you know, like, he could have one of these women as his concubine, but not as his wife since he's a duke. And then she's just like, oh, my God, listen to me. Yeah, like, and, as a concubine, ugh. I should be a little more sensitive. Like, geez. And she's thinking, you know, I was trained and conditioned to think about it as separate things. Like, mm. if Leto had gotten married, that wouldn't have had anything to do with me- my relationship with him, because that's just how it would be. But, like... But you say that, but yeah. come on. Yeah. You know, and she's like, but, uh, but we also loved each other, and so it wasn't entirely correct. Right. And then Paul just shows up and is just kind of like, hey, mom, uh... <laughs> Weird, weird stuff's happening. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're they're grinding him back there. <laughs> like, yeah, um... <laughs> yeah he, he's kind of like, I guess, uh, you know, Cheney says they're going to do the water ceremony or something. And Paul's like, I don't want his water. Yeah. Paul's just like, he says, Charlie says that this the, I get the water and I don't want the water. And they're trying to give he's me his water. He's being very sullen. And Jessica's like, you have to. Don't be an idiot. And he's just like, I don't want it. I know where it's coming from. <laughs> like, well, just, nobody's telling you to drink it. Just back take there it. squishing him, and I don't <laughs> want it. And Johnny's like, it's water. Like, yeah. Dude, um, take so it. So this is kind of an interesting little ceremony that they have. And actually, I, I think it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of like put all Jameis's stuff out. And they're like, you know, everyone will come forward and say, I was a friend of Jameis. And they'll, like, take something from the pile of his mm-hmm. possessions. So I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah, you know, this idea. Because, like, they also make sure that, like, Stilgar takes his cloak because he's the leader. Mm-hmm. And then he takes, I guess, what we assume are things that are worth a little more mm-hmm. uh, to give to what his he calls his kids. wife and his kids. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, everyone else just kind of stands up and they tell a little anecdote about Jameis. Mm-hmm. And Paul starts to realize that they want him to talk. And he's just like, I don't want to talk about this guy. <laughs> he wasn't my friend. I just killed this guy. And now they want me to talk about him. And Jessica's uh, sitting there, like, panicking, like, come on, kid. 
Yeah, because everyone's like, you got to do it. Like, come on. This is what yeah. we do. Because uh, if you don't, then his his spirit would be uneasy, I mm-hmm. guess. And it, it's like seen as unkind or cruel to to not, you know, try to pacify the spirit. Even Jessica gets up and says something. Yeah. She says, I actually made a note of it. Uh, I was a friend of Jameis, or Jameis, I was a friend of Jameis. When the spirit of spirits within him saw the needs of truth, that spirit withdrew and spared my son. I'm not exactly sure what that means. I think it's a real fancy way of saying he knew that he had to die and that my son had to beat him. Yeah. Uh, Like, it was all part of a plan. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and she is just like, now you say something. Say something. <laughs> yeah, and like, Stilgar's like elbowing him, like, get up there. <laughs> and, and Paul even remembers then, like, after Jessica says that, he's just like, you know, this is the same person who was like, oh, how's it feel to be a killer? And he's, yeah. it's like, dude, chill. Chill, chill with the judging and like, oh, you said this and now you say this. Like, yeah, dude. She's like, trying to keep you alive. This is what the people do. Like, yeah, everyone kind of knew Jameis was a pill. Yeah. But he was also their brother and their friend. And this yeah. is how they, this is what they do. No one's going to get up and be like, Jameis really sucked. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he sucked. <laughs> uh, Hera kind of does later. There's moments where she's like, he was pretty cool. Sometimes he was not. <laughs> um, uh, and so Paul gets up to talk and he says that Jameis taught him when you kill you pay for it and he wished he'd known him better and he mm. starts to cry and the Fremen are like oh my god he's what do they say they say he sh- he sheds water for the dead he gives or moisture he gives to water. the dead yeah um creepy first of all I love that expression I'm gonna say that now whenever I cry at funerals I'm giving water to the dead um, and then everyone's gonna come touch your face right no please don't <laughs> my makeup is very spongy. Um, no, but it's seen to, by them as a sacred gesture because moisture is so precious. Like, they don't mm-hmm. cry when someone dies. It's just not their way. But they see that from Paul, and they're like, oh. You know, they they see him as even more like, not like, what are you doing? But like, oh, he's he's the guy. He's the one. Let's mm-hmm. touch him. It's just He's considered so, so respectful. Yeah. That, like, he feels this so entirely that he's actually crying. That yeah. he's, you know, wasting his moisture. That he needs to live out mm-hmm. of grief for the fact that, you know, Jameis is dead and he killed him. So I think it's also just the level of, like, well, all right. Which I like because they respect it there. But there are other points. I think, you know, there are some point where someone's upset and cries. And at that point, Alia is, is alive and is just basically like, ah, look at that. <laughs> Wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get Cry it up. together. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, Chani comes up and they talk about how how much exact water it the is amount incredibly exact. Like that Jameis had inside him. Yeah. And she, you know, Do you blesses have the it. measurement in front of you? Because it is um, I wanna say it for the record because it is so crazy exact. 33 liters and seven and three thirty seconds drams of the tribe's water. Yeah. Wow. And then when they start counting, they so they give him rings, which 
is sort of there is a like a way to say this is how much water i hold for the tribe mm-hmm. yeah and like so in like, theory so you get these water rings it's like currency kind of yeah it, it shows yeah. it's basically a sign of your wealth because it shows how much yeah how much of the tribe's water like belongs to you that you know you brought in and that you know mm-hmm. technically you could go with that and be like give me this much water um I don't know that people necessarily do that very often, but, you know, you could. That's, like, the, the, the point. Yeah. And, like, a lot of times people wear them. Like, they mentioned, like, later on a woman wears them on her earrings. Uh, there's mention of people wearing them in their hair. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know. And so... Chani- Which I think is a very interesting and clever thing that Frank did to write that in. Because we do use, like fashion as a statement of wealth mm-hmm. yeah it's it, it is like it makes sense in a way and if it's in a culture where you're not necessarily using it as currency it doesn't make any yeah. sense to just kind of have it like in a bank or you know yeah. buried in your room or something well and i mean if you look at before like say like you know medieval times like your your wealth was in your home and everything you owned and mm-hmm you know your land and stuff it wasn't all right for I a mean... second i thought you meant the restaurant and i was like okay <laughs> i mean when i went they gave i drank pepsi but <laughs> the but did old you drink pepsi. it out of a flagon yes <laughs> that's all that matters <laughs> and my husband ate yield eggplant parmesan because he's a vegetarian <laughs> right because i he's a vegetarian so no turkey legs for no him. turkey leg <laughs> uh so Chani counts out the rings and goes to give them to Paul. And she says, you know, and I'll show you how you tie them up so that they don't make noise when you walk. Right. And he says, uh, could you just hold on to them for me? Yeah. And, and everyone's like, like oh, and uh, oh. <laughs> and she looks at Stilgar like, what? Did he just? And Stilgar's like, yeah, he doesn't know what that means. Just, just do it. <laughs> She's kind of like, okay. He's like, hold his water counters without commitment. And just, yeah. you know, show them how to tie them up later. Because, <laughs> oh boy. And then at this point, he Paul's just like, what? Huh? He's He kind of, uh, something, when he sees her, like, kind of hesitate to put the water rings, like, in her sash, he kind of, like, has a glimmer of memory about courtship rituals. And is like, oh, oh, okay. Like, oops. I did a thing. <laughs> Well, it's a good thing he was so attached to the hip with her. Yeah, really. Imagine if it was just, like, some other rando chick. Yeah. Uh, So they keep walking, uh, and they go down into a deeper deeper cavern, Mm -hmm. and it starts to get much more, like, humid. There's a lot more moisture in the air. Yeah, this is my favorite part of the movie, because Jessica goes, moisture. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) It's very sensual I, the way she says it. <laughs> I appreciate how many times in I this bring book, that up. <laughs> well, that and also how many times Paul says something and Chani goes shh. Yeah, <laughs> because he's constantly just like she the air feels damp, but she's like shut up. We well, somebody talk has right to now. tell him to shut. Oh up. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just as good. Um, and oh, so, we forgot to ooh. mention we forgot to mention what Paul takes from the oh, pile yes, of James's yes. possessions. He had a battle set. Yes. Which he apparently was just bringing with him on the road, because I guess that's what you do with your battle set. I mean, he was a <laughs> troubadour warrior, obviously. Uh, uh, 
Hey, the Fremen can have bards too. I know they can. It just seems like Jameis is such a poor fit for a bard. Not even that. Just the. I guess it depends on where, like, what they were doing. Because it's obviously like the possessions that they split up mm-hmm. are not all of his possessions. Because like back at the Sitch, he had like you know rooms and yeah. you know a wife and children and you know but they don't parcel out all of his stuff once they get back like all that is well it's paul's um so like just the fact that he it's basically it's just like oh and he brought his guitar <laughs> yeah it's kind of like um you you watch firefly right mm-hmm. like in all, a lot of scenes when they would be having like downtime or sitting around a fire and jane always had a guitar sort of like that <laughs> or it was just like lifting weights yeah I was just, you know, his hobbies. <laughs> I would not want to hear any song that, that Jane Cobb would want to sing on a guitar. <laughs> I can't imagine it's very different from any song that Gurney Halleck would sing, honestly. They're filthier. Yeah, like, those probably. songs get started and, like, it's just all limericks and you're just like, nope, nope, mm-mm. Like, this is a song I wrote about a woman I met. Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> there once was a girl from Nantucket. No, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, like, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> like we did not we don't keep you around to sing we keep you around to be very tall (laughs) yeah um very tall and kind of racist well i was gonna say not on the show but no yeah yeah kind Uh, of on the show show. as well (laughs) (laughs) oops um so they go down and so basically because also he gets the water rings but that someone else is also carrying the actual water. Yes. Like, he the does water not get master. that. Yeah, the water master. That's amazing. I would love to be a water master. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least no one is, like, a water brother in this, because then I don't have to think about Stranger to Strangeland, although I just did it to myself. No, like, have you ever read Stranger to Strangeland? No. Okay, so the guy is from Mars... Uh, he's and a human, but he was raised on Mars. Yeah. And, and uh, on Mars, like, one of the Martian customs is, like, if you give someone something to drink, then you're, like, giving them life so that you're, they're your water brother mm. now. Okay. And... So it is a little like Eskimo cousins. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that comes later once everything <laughs> just sort of devolves into a weird orgy religion because it's a Highland novel. <laughs> um, Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's a human who was raised by Martians, and so he comes to Earth, and it's just like, oh my gosh, I don't understand these humans, and all these human ladies, and <laughs> now we're all just having sex. Mm. Yeah. Maybe I should read it. No, you shouldn't. Okay. I won't, then. Uh, I'm very lazy. We're gonna get, I'm going to get very angry tweets now, because it's a classic <laughs> of sci-fi. Well, so is this, so we're still breaking it down, so... <laughs> yeah, I just particularly dislike Stranger in a Strange Land. Once I sang We Didn't Start the Fire karaoke, uh-huh. and that is a line in it, like, they men- like that's one of the things that's mentioned to Stranger in a Strange Land, and I think I, like, did a thumbs down, and <laughs> people were just like, Megan, don't... <laughs> don't editorialize we didn't start the fire <laughs> but like but still i feel happening. like if there's any show any song you should editorialize it's that one and maybe that's what i'll sing karaoke maybe that'll be my new karaoke song yeah i was um 
I was thinking last mm. night, like, because we have, just for the listeners, like, once a year, we have a big get-together with a bunch of friends. Uh, we rent a big house and just hang out, and we do, like, karaoke and, you know, dumb shit. And I was thinking last night, like, what song am I going to do for karaoke? And I love I how it's become something on anything. that we're all crafting at this point. Because I was talking to some other friends of ours who were also like, "Let's, I'm prepping this. It's like, I love <laughs> that now karaoke has become a thing where it's not just, oh, hey, I've had a few margaritas, so I'm going to go sing something. No, it's just we're like, like no, this is a performance. We're not getting together until friggin' Memorial Day. And we're already getting ready for what we're going to sing in May. <laughs> It's ridiculous. I mean, I, I have not decided on one for myself yet, but I will tell you what my husband is going to be doing. He has been practicing. I want you all to be prepared. He's doing Informer by Snow. <gasps> That's amazing. He's been practicing, and it's great listening to him. Honestly, the best, just, just, the best motivation because last year what i did i sang um your love by the outfield mm. and that was my karaoke song and the, the the reason that i you know was motivated as much as i was is that as soon as the music started your husband just went yeah <laughs> in a very aquaman fashion frankly <laughs> from like the other he side of the room karaoke. And... he really gets into it so just hearing that it was like well now i gotta now i gotta do this <laughs> me i have not picked up a microphone for something that wasn't a podcast since 2007 oh my god so it's be a been big... a while since i've sang in front of people and it's awful so <laughs> I'm, <not> even... <laughs> I'm gonna have to really find something that plays to my strengths Anyway, um, back to back yeah, to this, yeah. Sorry, everyone. This chapter, yeah. <laughs> uh, there is singing in this. Uh, there is. But it's not karaoke, unfortunately. Well, like, Cheney's trying to like talk to him, and he's like, eh, I don't want to talk about that. You know, he's kind of being grumpy, and she's mm -hmm. like, or no, she asked like, tell me the about the waters of your home world, Paul Moadib, and he's like, no, like, I'll do it later. He says like. It's not the time for that, or not right now, or I can't tell. I can't talk about that now. And she's like, "It's a really nice ballad, set, isn't it?" <laughs> Sing me a song. Well, he's back in his thoughts and his, you know, hashtag terrible purpose. Yes, it is. And, We're getting into that again. You know, he starts. He starts. He's having like memories. He's realizing mm -hmm. that he's seen lots of this in a dream. Mm -hmm. and, and he's that, thinking you know, that he'll he'll maybe see gurney again one day because the ballast that makes him think of gurney but then he has these flashes where it's like i might see gurney but it might be under bad circumstances yeah. or you know something horrible might happen that causes me to see him again and he you know realizes that something is going to happen and that even if he died right that second it would still happen through jessica and his sister and I think that's really interesting because that's really not something that comes up very frequently. The fact that at this point, the momentum is such that even if Paul died, he'd just be a martyr and they just it would keep on rolling because mm -hmm. Jessica would keep it going. And then there'd be, you know, his sister and, you know, it would never it's not going to stop. Yeah. Uh, so they go in and they realize that it's this massive underground like container of water. 
Mm-hmm. And they add Jameis's water to it. And Stilgar tells Jessica, you know, none of our people would use this. Like, all this water is here. Yeah. And no one would use it because this is the water that we're saving when we are going to make, you know, Dune green. Yeah, we're going to make Arrakis into a garden. Um, And that this is what this is for. And everyone knows it. Like, no one would use this water. Like, mm-hmm. this is not water to come and just drink. And I think this is also interesting because, you know, Jessica's kind of like, oh, this is so fascinating. And like, you know, everyone, they're all joined together in this, you know, purpose. And she's, you know, looking at everything and and she's standing there with Stilgar. Paul's just kind of like, (laughs) I don't like any of this. I don't care about any of this. I do like that they mentioned that the water is blocked off from the little makers it's like we're not getting any of the little weirdos in here <laughs> the little creepy dudes are getting in our water yeah none of that that would be bad and paul's just like i don't know about any of this so they mm-hmm. keep walking uh and there is a point where paul thinks that maybe he could just like be himself mm. and you know, like, maybe he could, I don't know if he's thinking, like, I could just, like, you know, kill myself, or, you know, I could just go to go to Chani and be like, hey, you're cute, like, mm-hmm. what if we got married right now, and just, like, yeah. had, like, 17 kids or something, <laughs> and, but he realizes, after they've added the water to the lake, and still goes, like, all right, let's all keep moving, that that time has passed, like, he can't change it now. Uh, yeah. You know, he says he's caught up in his own myth. And, you know, he doesn't know what to do because he's, again, caught up in this, like, the current of what he can see, what the future might hold. And, like, Mm -hmm. up ahead of it, he still sees this this bloody jihad. Yeah. And doesn't see any way to stop this from happening. He sees the green and black Atreides banner and, yeah, people shouting Wadib and as they, you know, slaughter whole worlds and whatever he's being extremely emo right now so they all like you know file into the main cavern to like camp out for the day and he starts tuning the ballast set and even just like tuning it he's it's sad and jessica's just like oh this isn't good like what's up with him and so this is when chani is just like oh you know tell me about the waters of your birth world and you know, he says he'll do it another time. And Jessica's like, uh-oh. Sounds real <laughs> sad. And then it, he says, you know, that it is a it is a good ballast set. And he says, do you think Jameis will mind my using it? And Jessica's really upset Concerned. that he's talking about the dead in the present tense. Yeah. And, like, I get that this is maybe, like, supposed to be some element where maybe he's not grasping what's happened or maybe it's because he's you know seeing time as this current and mm-hmm. or maybe it's just that it's really like that's something a 15 year old would say yeah you know like i don't think that most people's reaction to death is to immediately start using the past tense i think mm-hmm. everyone's had a moment where they were just yeah. like oh i'll give this back to the no i won't yeah i i just had a moment like that yesterday like i got you know my grandfather recently passed away 
and I just got like a, a package, like a Christmas gift from my grandma and I put it under the tree and I was like, I wonder what grandma and grandpa got me this year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's just from grandma. So yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty natural, I feel like. And it's not like he even knew Jameis. So mm-hmm. it's not totally unreasonable that he would say something like that. And, you know, and no one else seems to be bothered by it because one of the, mm-hmm. whilst Jessica is thinking about this, one of the other men just says, oh, like, Jameis liked songs. That's, mm-hmm. you know, he, he liked music. Yeah, obviously. You know, he wouldn't like a carry nice... a ballast set around yeah. if he didn't. But, I mean, I think that's, that that is just, like, a nice sort of comforting, like, no, mm-hmm. he wouldn't mind because yeah. he liked music. He'd, he would want it to be used. Yeah, and I kind of think, like, maybe it's possible that Paul wanted to find some th- common ground with Jameis mm-hmm. in death because he never got the chance to in life. And maybe that's a little optimistic no, on my part, but. I can see that. I yeah, mean... he's 15 years old. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't really get much more about how he feels about this happening. Because mm-hmm. um, other stuff starts to take over with what's going really on. Quickly. And he really doesn't have yeah. a chance to dwell on it. So Chani asks him to sing a song. And Jessica is kind of like, stop flirting with my son. <laughs> she, and, is a, she is. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I must caution Paul about their women. It's like, okay. He's 15, and a 15-year-old is flirting with him. Chill out. Like, they're not... I mean, I guess, again, if you don't know the culture, I guess maybe she's worried that she's going to wake up, and they're just going to be like, I don't know, doing it, like, in the Mm -hmm. middle of the cave. And it's like, oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, what? This is what we do. Like, oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Should have watched some more of those those film books. (laughs) Um, So he starts singing a song. And it's a love song. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. I can't... This is so awful. I can't tell necessarily <laughs> with the phrasing if Jessica okay. is like, this song makes me horny. Oh. <laughs> Not let necessarily Paul sing. Well, because let me read it. Okay. okay. So Paul's singing this song. And it says, Jessica felt the verbal music in her breast, pagan and charged with sounds that made her suddenly and intensely aware of herself, feeling her own body and its needs. Mm. So I don't know if it's like, you know, I was mostly making a joke there, but, you know, just the fact that it's affecting her so much. And there's a part of me that's just like, is it just because this is one of Gurney's like dirty songs? And she's yeah. just like, oh, these dirty songs. Um. But I think it's also mostly because because it says she listens with a tense stillness. So I think mm. it's less that even if that is the case, that she's necessarily like, you know, oh, this song is whatever. It's mm-hmm. that he's singing this song and he's singing it to this girl. Yeah, because she says, um, blah, 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 uh, just got heard the after stillness that hummed in the air with the last note. Why does my song sing? Why does my song? Why does my son sing a sing a love song to that girl child? She well, why felt do you think, Jessica? An abrupt fear. She could sense life flowing around her, and she had no grasp on its reins. I think a lot of mothers, and especially mothers of sons, have experienced that, like feeling like your kid is growing up and it's mm-hmm. out of your control. And yeah, she's got like, one of those. Uh posters on the wall 
Like, rules for dating my son. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's just something about mothers and sons. I don't know. Like, I have a brother, and, yeah, it's a totally different vibe than mothers and daughters. It's a totally different relationship. Uh, you know, but I, I do like that it's not even so much that she's just like, oh, you know, part of it is that she's all like, oh, you know, damn it, I've got to like, talk to him about his responsibilities and, mm-hmm. you know, he can't go and marry one of these girls or, you know, knock one of them up or whatever. And but it's like, first of all, skipping ahead a little, but then maybe Jessica, you should be a little more concerned in like a chapter and a half from now when a like 30 year old woman is basically like, so I'm kind of your wife now. <laughs> hey 15 year old yeah. kind of your wife I don't know <laughs> that's how it works um, but it's like why do you think why do you think he's singing that song Jessica <laughs> yeah because the cute girl asked him to like come on why why did he choose that song I don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then so but then we get to this real like Paul part at the end here. He says, Paul sat silently in the darkness, a single stark thought dominating his awareness. My mother is my enemy. She does not know it, but she is. She is bringing the jihad. She bore me. She trained me. She is my enemy. What is this? Please explain this to me. Okay. This is, I think, a bit of Paul not taking responsibility for all this stuff because he's acting like I mean, it's the same way that you could blame anything that's ever happened to you in your life on your mom because she gave birth to you. Oh, because, like, she's the one that had me. If I'd never been born, yeah, if, if, it's her fault. If uh, my mom hadn't decided to have a son to try to make the Kwisai Chatterach. You know what, If Paul, You're 15 my, years old. You can... Mm. You know, if my mom hadn't trained me, if we weren't in this situation, which, like, dude, you're in this situation because, like, your dad's dead. Mm-hmm. But all right, fine. Because um, he did not think things through all the way. Uh, yeah, I think it really comes down to that because it's just him being like, none of this would be happening if my mom hadn't made the decision she had she made to have a son and train me. And, you know, anything that's going to happen, she's bringing about. Because I would argue i mean again it's ahead but like once the jihad is coming mm-hmm. it's not like jessica's there with a freaking banner no um i would say that she doesn't want it just she, as much as if not more than paul i mean i was just talking about this on twitter like she skips out mm-hmm. like at a certain point jessica's just like peace um i'm done with you yeah <laughs> Like, nice to see all of you. Um, I'm going to go. Yeah. These weird kids that I got. I got to go <laughs> away from this right yeah. now. Because this all, I got to go. I think Alia is like 14 or something. And she's like, yeah, I'm done with you. Yeah. I got yeah. nothing. I got nothing with this. Stay with your brother. I don't know. Great. I mean, I honestly like, but at the same time, like, she's still a person. It's like. Should all of the, like, yes, her daughter should be her responsibility and her grandchildren, but at the same time, like, when you look at, like, how much she's been through, I'm not saying I condone it, 
I I am just saying like I, I'm not unsympathetic. I'm not unsympathetic either. Of course, I don't have kids, so that um, like also informs my feelings. I just think that if your daughter is like actively cutting throats on the battlefield when she's like six mm-hmm. because she also has like the spirits and memories and personalities of all of her ancestors inside her, yeah. you could maybe like give her some counseling. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> it's Dune. It's Dune. Guys, we're going to get to it. Don't Hashtag worry. it's Dune. Hashtag it's Dune. Dune is fucking weird. It's so weird. I saw someone's tweet today where I God, I forget who it was now, but it was so funny. I meant to like mark who it was, but it was <laughs> someone saying that people who are sad. Oh, that, that was uh, our our good friends at Wadib Style yes, Guide. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Saying like if you're sad about the rise of Skywalker, uh, not being good, like you're a grown up and grown-ups like what it was like your sad star wars is dune (laughs) yeah like uh star wars is is or dune is star wars for sad grown-ups or something yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was good and it's true (laughs) uh yeah but yeah it's like paul this is not the time to decide that you're gonna be like i don't like my mom like you ugh, paul (laughs) yeah and, you know, I don't know that we ever find out necessarily in the Fremen culture what usual ages are for things. Mm-hmm. Because, as I said, like, when when they, uh, a chapter from now, because next chapter we are not with the Fremen, um, we are deep in the grossness of Getty Prime, <laughs> uh, when we get back to the Fremen, they, they arrive at the main sitch and uh, Jameis's, well, I, we say wife, but they just get his woman, but his wife, Hera, shows up and mm. has heard that he is dead and um, that, you know, now, frankly, she belongs to this new man mm-hmm. and she's just like, so my kids don't have a father because their father was killed by a kid? <laughs> and Silgar's like, how old are you, Paul? And he's like, I'm 15 and, you know... And so at there at that point it's kind of like oh, all right well he's fifteen but you know I don't we never really hear if 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 he said like oh I want to get married to Chani would they be like no you're fifteen or would they be like yeah all right cool it's kind of like I feel like it's probably one of those things where you grow up pretty fast mm-hmm. when you're fremen so I'm sure the age for the all of that is probably younger I'm not sure yeah because. Once because, stuff like, starts happening, years start flowing by pretty quickly. So I mean, look at Chani. She's she's young, mm-hmm. and she's already like a fierce, you know, little warrior. Like they are taking her out on raids and stuff. Like this is she's true. Obviously, very capable, and she's what the same age as Paula, not a little younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. I really do like that part where he's just like, I don't know, could you hold these water rings? And she's like, um, are we dating now? <laughs> um, are we in a relationship or a situationship? I need to know now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you, Cheney. You need to get it up front. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, just, you know, step in there. And it's also, you know, so, like, Jessica... 
Shawnee's been nothing but nice to you and respectful. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you just chill out a little? Yeah, I think that Jessica is... I think she's just kind of on high alert, and she's, like, still dealing... Like, it's only been a few... It's only been, what, like, a couple days since they mm-hmm. got away, and, like, her her man just died. Her Her kid is really weird. <laughs> like, it was just a few chapters ago that he was just, like... I'm a monster, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Why did you do this to me? Yeah. Are you happy now? Oh, my God. She's dealing with a lot. Singing, like, songs from Spring Awakening. They're all about being a monster instead of sex. I'm kind of, like, I'm giving her some leeway here. All we do is give Jessica leeway. I know. I know. This is the Jessica Leeway podcast. It really is. And, like, you're totally right, It, you know, what you said about her, like, you know, making mistakes at parenting. Like, yes, absolutely. But don't all parents make mistakes? I mean, well, this one was sizable. <laughs> I won't lie. <laughs> this one, you know, affected the course of history for 3,500 years or whatever. I was going to say that there's... You know, you see those, like, charts from the CDC Mm. that say that, you know, you shouldn't have any alcohol if you think you might ever get pregnant ever, which is, you know, ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she saw that chart. Yeah. (laughs) And I just want to say this. She saw that chart and it said, water of life, (laughs) don't do. And she went... Mm, I'm gonna I do gotta it. do it. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta do it. Um, it's one of my favorite parts in the movie because there's that weird like fetus, fetus? thing, and yeah. she's just like, I hate that part, honestly. <laughs> well, it's so weird, but it's also it. They treat it in that scene as if she just remembered she was pregnant. <laughs> yeah, like she drank it and then went, "Oh shit!" Yeah. <laughs> like someone's eaten, you know, someone's halfway through a hot dog and remembered they're pregnant. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, no. <laughs> I went on a, a the slow carb diet once and I, my cousins were in town from uh, North Carolina and we went to the Mall of America. This is when I lived in Minnesota, obviously. And uh, we went to like my favorite, there was like a little sushi place in the Mall of America. There's lots of restaurants. And we went to the sushi place and I was like halfway through like a plate of spicy spicy tuna and I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I'm not supposed to eat rice. Oh well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's the same like, you know, it's totally like... the same consequences and everything. <laughs> it's just Yeah, I it the in the movie that scene does kind of come across like she just suddenly went, Ooh, right, fetus. Yeah. Dang it. She just starts screaming her head off. It scared me. I saw this movie when I was a kid. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I do have to remember that. Yeah. Because I saw this movie in, like, the 90s. The yeah, later 90s. No, Not I those early I, 90s. I'm pretty sure I saw it when I was very young. Mm. Like, because my parents were such, you know, they were such big dude fans. Yeah. Although it is amazing when you see movies that you saw as a kid and you Mm. remember being there was this horror movie that I saw part of when I was a kid and I'll never forget it was I think over Christmas because we were at my aunt and uncle's house 
and my mm. older cousins were all watching this horror movie and I was like, well, I'm obviously going to go watch this with them because I am very adult. I was like, you know, yeah, six. a mature young person. And it was like, I remember watching it and there was this sequence where I became so scared that I ran out of the room and I had all these <laughs> nightmares and like later in years, you know, I've since seen that movie and like, and now it's not. <laughs> what movie was it? Do you remember? Um, Invaders from Mars, the <laughs> Toby Hooper remake from the uh, 80s with Karen yeah. Black. Yeah. It was the scene where the teacher's eating the frog. Oh. Um, which I still I like. Don't I don't think I've seen that movie. Mm. Well, like, there's people that are, like, I think it's like they're aliens. And this kid is starting to realize that, like, you know, his neighborhood's being taken over by these aliens. And he goes to, like, look, he finds his teacher eating one of the frogs that they're supposed ah. to be dissecting. It's kind of like that scene from V. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so she turns around and she's just like eating a frog. And I think it's it's like <laughs> Louise Fletcher, some distinguished oh. actress. You know? Oh, weird. Like, Do you know that my college roommate was her cousin? I We're did still not. good friends, yeah. Well, I think she ate a frog in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she was also the grandmother of Flowers in the Attic, so. I know. Um, so, yeah, like, but... Can I tell you something honestly, though? About Flowers in the Attic? No. About horror movies? Yeah. I think I've only ever been scared watching horror movies maybe, like, three times in my life. They never scare me. Ever. (laughs) Like, ever. (laughs) I never get scared. I saw The Exorcist when I was, like, nine. And I was like, eh. (laughs) my dad is always talking about how scary the exorcist was and i was like really that movie was scary i don't know i think the only times i've ever been scared watching a movie rosemary's baby okay because the dream sequences like i don't know it's just there's just something about not being in control of your own head that is deeply disturbing to me and scary my okay and I don't, I'm not trying to, like, discredit that. But for me, like, have you read the book? No, I haven't okay. read the book. The thing that gets me about the dream sequence in Rosemary's Baby mm-hmm. is that in the book when that happens and she's having, like, the weird visions of, like, the Kennedys mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's, one, it's really funny because her thought process, because there's a point where, you know, she's on this yacht with the Kennedys and she has some thought, like, the president looks really good, even though he got shot in the head, you know? <laughs> and... But she, it's things like that, like. But she has. But that a feels like a real thought when, you would have in a dream, and that freaks me out. But when she has the vision that she sees the Pope, mm-hmm. and she tries to apologize for not going to see him, she has this distinct thought where she doesn't know how to greet the Pope because she just had an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, every time I, wouldn't I know see what to that, do that sequence, situation. I just think of the scene in the book where she's just like tr- trying to not let the Pope know that she just had an orgasm. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. Also, yeah, think... your husband sold you to the devil yeah. for a role oh. in a play. Rosemary's Baby, Hereditary got me for sure. And I think the first time I saw The Ring... Even though, like, that J-horror stuff, like, really, like, those kind of, you know, because it, it was when it first came out, and it was very, like, you know, we're Americans. We don't really... Well, we that's like to the thing, do like... Big, dumb, goofy horror. 
And, you know, I was raised on Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, I saw that movie when I was very young. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's something... Because I, I love horror. I'm a big horror fan. Mm-hmm. And I do think that a lot of how you... I think the problem that happens with horror movies is that people think that the metric of a good horror movie is that everyone is scared of it all the time. Yeah, no. And I think so much of it... Yeah, well, like you were saying with Rosemary's Baby, like, that you know, is something that really freaks you out. So something in that would really freak you out. I do find stuff like The Exorcist and, like, Exorcism of Emily Rose freaky because I was raised Catholic. So, mm-hmm. like, there was a very big period of my life where I was like, this could totally happen to me. Yeah. Um, well, And it's the same with, like, the J-horror and those sorts of things. It's like, you watch it. Like, I love, there's a Korean horror movie called The Tale of Two Sisters, which I mm-hmm. love, but I know I'm not getting it on every level because I'm not Korean. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's like we do these remakes of stuff, but it's like, okay, we have some of this is like still really freaky, but I'm not getting a lot of the different cultural aspects. So it's like, I bet this is a lot scarier to someone who has more to that. Like, I know people who saw like Hereditary and were like, this isn't scary. And then people I know who have like, you know, family drama Mm. or, you know, ish things like that, where they're like, this is scary on multiple levels. Right. And, I think and everyone I think had a boyfriend after Midsommar where they were just like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that horror is exactly like comedy in that way mm-hmm. because it's, subje- it's totally subjective. Mm-hmm. It's totally subjective what you are going to find funny and it is totally subjective what you... It is all based on your personal, you know, experience, your background. What you're going to find funny, what you're going to find scary. They are the same yeah. thing. They're just opposite sides of the coin. I am most affected by horror when it's sad. Okay. And that's why we love Candyman. Yes. But again, I'm not scared of anything in Candyman. There's a couple of Mm-mm. jump moments, but it is yeah. it's mostly a I am thinking about this. Yeah, see uh, to me like a really good horror is one that you're thinking about for like days and weeks mm-hmm, after like after mm-hmm. I saw the new Suspiria, and I know that this is not the case for everyone cuz I, I will say, like, a lot of guys did not like that movie. But um, not surprising, considering the subject. But I found it, like, deeply affecting and kind of, like, beautiful in the same way that I found Midsummer very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, there is just something in it that was deeply, like, personal. And I felt it and thought about it for weeks after, like, both of those movies. Oh, yeah. and I And sometimes I think there's just not something stuff that you can quantify like yeah. my favorite horror movie is hellraiser i'm not scared of hellraiser <laughs> i hate that movie i'm sorry <laughs> i know you love it and i'm just yeah like, and, it, and it's just one of those things where <laughs> even now as i'm saying this there is a part of me that's like maybe when we're done recording this i could watch hellraiser <laughs> <laughs> Like, I do hmm. not begrudge you your love of Hellraiser. Like, I get it. There's a like, reason why. I have some cross-stitching to do. And I should so watch popular. something I know all the beats of. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and I think that that, more than a lot of genres. Well, I mean, and, it's like there are people that read Dune and are like, well, this is boring. Like, what well, does anything I mean, happen? You don't like, even have to look even that far out. Just look at fucking Star Wars. Yeah. I mean the last this you know the last jedi was so divisive and 
obviously, like, from what I understand, and this is not a spoiler, but, you know, Abrams tried to course correct and win over everybody with this new one. And, Mm -hmm. you know, apparently it's just too much, too much of everything from what I'm hearing. But, like, nothing is going to, nothing is one size fits all. Nothing is going to make everyone universally happy. No, exactly. Yeah. So it's just like, like, I can't think of a movie that people that everyone loves yeah no it doesn't exist there's no such a mcgruber i've never seen it i take it back what megan what (laughs) you are telling me you've never seen mcgruber i've never seen the greatest movie ever made Never seen that it. That is my that McGregor I didn't watch my comfort food movie. I watch it on my birthday every year. I just watched it a few weeks ago. Like it's the it's only like the best movie. It's so awful. <laughs> just love it. I don't I don't watch SNL. So like when they make movies based on the sketches, I'm like I don't know what this is. Oh, so. I had never seen a McGruber oh, sketch. I just ever never, until I like, saw that movie occurred to me to watch it but you know macgyver like you know what it's i do yeah yeah (laughs) that used to be my when i was a kid yeah my dream my plan for life was that i was gonna marry macgyver Uh, not richard dean anderson the character macgyver yeah i'm a little embarrassed because i had a similar one but (laughs) i'm embarrassed to say who it was was it higgins from magnum pi it wasn't Actually, I did. I love no, but I stand. <laughs> I stand Magnum PI. I do. Oh my God, Tom Selleck. He is still like he is still a very fine man. Um, no, it was um. Okay, I don't even know his name. This is how bad it is. It was the bass player for Def Leppard. <laughs> I don't even remember his name. The guy with the bent back. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I don't know. He was blonde, bleach blonde hair. Oh, played, that narrows it down. And I thought, he's hot. I'm 13. 13 year olds are extremely horny. So, Rick Savage. I just yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I thought I was going to marry him. Either him or Johnny Depp's <laughs> character in Crybaby. Either one of the two. Oh, no. I know. That did not age well. It really sucks because Crybaby is such a fun, campy movie, and I cannot watch it now because of fucking Johnny Depp. I was recently not, just because now I'm thinking about John Waters movies. Mm -hmm. There was some whole thing on Twitter recently where somebody had shared, it was like a magazine cover from the year 2000 or something and vitamin c was on it and everyone was like you know the youth of Who's twitter were like who is that because it was like her and beyonce and like yeah. pink or something yeah. you know uh, people who were still in like the zeitgeist and then yeah. you know vitamin c and it was just so amazing to me because so many people were just like oh my god like these youngins they don't have vitamin c and i was like <laughs> yeah um you mean amber from hairspray like <laughs> like by the time that that graduation song came out like that the girl it was, from Eve's Plum. It was, oh my god! There's a callback for you. I don't want to think about the um, like, I think that song was right after I graduated high school because I don't remember it being like a thing. Um, but 
I do remember it being a thing like after I graduated. All we ever listened to was that good riddance time of your life. Oh, yeah. The Boz Lerman thing. No, no, no. The Green Day. Oh, the Green Day one. Oh, God. No, oh, no, no. Not that Boz wear Lerman sunscreen was, thing. The sunscreen was oh, when I God. graduated high school. <laughs> That's way back in the mid 90s. Oh, look that up, kids. I am very old. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. But that's enough about that. And that's pretty much the end of the chapter. It is. Yeah. So oh, long, um, long ago. Yeah, I did have a... I wanted to throw some questions at you. I thought it would be fun. Um, since we're in the holiday season, I know, like, Hanukkah is nigh. Christmas is nigh. Wally and all of the wonderful Kwanzaa, all of the wonderful holidays that we have this time of year. So I'm just going to assume that, you know, that Dune has its own winter holiday. So what would characters in Dune get each other for a winter holiday, Do you would you say? I mean, I would imagine if you're like the Fremen, mm-hmm. you know, probably... Like a nice woven pouch or something. Mm, something useful. Something useful, but you know, mm-hmm. you can have you know the beauty and usefulness, the sort of you know mid century like you know, like a nice w- woven like friendship bracelet or you know that doubles as a lasso or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like Wonder Woman, yes, right. <laughs> um, you know, Chris Pine in a sweater. I mean... Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. That's, that's just from that's the movie Wonder me. Woman. <laughs> that's that's a gift for me. That's a gift <laughs> for the world. It really was. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it would be stuff like that. Because there is mention later of, you know, how their various, like, their, like, chambers are all covered mm-hmm. in, like, you know, there's wall hangings mm-hmm. and cushions and everything. So, you know, yeah. I bet, you know, stuff like that. You know, useful things that are also attractive aesthetically. Yeah. What do you think Paul would get his mom? Um, I think he'd give her like a dead mouse or something. <laughs> like just, just like rage. Something extremely emo. A mixtape. Yeah. No, I, I can see like Gurney being like, and here, my gift to you is this song. And start singing, you know, something oh God, incredibly like, inappropriate. <laughs> Here's a filthy limerick. Right. <laughs> it's um, fun to think about. I can see Stilgar giving someone a weapon. Oh, my God. Or yeah. him, like, knocking on Jessica's door and being like, hey, I got a present oh my for God. you. <laughs> yeah, I bet he does. <laughs> I got a present for you. <laughs> now I'm looking uh, at that Paul mixtape that we made just because I'm like, look at that. Yeah. I forgot I put Rain King on there. I'm yeah. terrible. Uh, <laughs> Tell me of the waters of your home world. Lisa. <laughs> what if I sing you the songs of Counting Crows? Like, no. Yeah. Hey, that first album is a banger. Oh I my still God, listen so to good. it. Yeah. Every day. Almost every day I listen I to a song a child from August. In the 90s. I still ever. listen to fucking Smashing Pumpkins all the time. Even though Billy Corgan is like a disaster human. I... At times, like on Twitter, we'll post when Apple Music makes me mixes every week. And it's inevitably just like the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Mm-hmm. And then maybe some like mid-aughts, like, you know. Oh, my God. Midnight City or something. I just made this Spotify playlist because I was thinking about 
songs that I'd forgotten that I liked. So it is, I'm not kidding you. Hang on, let me pull it up. Because it's really good. Um, Jellyfish, Self, Angie Aparo, Guster. Um, Yeah, this is some real like late 90s, early aughts, folksy alternative shit. So good, and I fucking love it. <laughs> Although I can only listen to a jellyfish like once a year, and then I'm like, that is too much. <laughs> you guys are too much. Anyway, moving on. So, um, before we go, we do have a note. We will be off next week for the holiday. Um, you know, enjoy your time with your families or with yourself or your friends. You know, if your family stresses you out, don't feel bad about not hanging out with them. Exactly. Yeah. Just do your own thing. Yeah, just do your own thing. Uh, it's what we do, and it works great. Uh, I want to say hello to all of our new followers and wish happy holidays to our listeners. And, uh, yeah, just say check back in in a couple weeks, and we'll be back with uh, our friend Fade. Yeah, like, he's back, back again, you know, just in case you'd forgotten he was a character <laughs> in this book. Yeah. Because he is, and he's back. He is. Yeah. He's wearing he's, bell bottoms, which I was uncomfortable with. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, everyone. I was reading the descriptions of the clothing, and I was just going, no. There's another <laughs> woman in, like, an ecru dress where I'm like, what is happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> so impractical. That was also... It just reminded me, I think we had this discussion when we were both rereading The Stand. Is there mm. some scene where Franny is just like, let me put on this beige shift dress. I'm like, no. Who? <laughs> yeah. Is she going to the office in 1994? Like I beige know. shift dress. What uh, are you saying? <laughs> that's the thing is like, Franny talks about her clothes and then you, like in the miniseries, you see what she's wearing and you're like, well, I think it's actually an improvement. It's bad as this is. Yeah. Oh, it's Fran. just like, Beige shift dress. I own a lot of very shapeless clothes. That's sort of my aesthetic. I like to be comfy, but they're not beige. No. (laughs) Let's put a little. I I will be honest. Like women with very with like dark skin look amazing in beige, but like white women, I'm sorry, we should not ever wear beige. We shouldn't. We just shouldn't because it's the color of our skin. We just look like a shapeless blob. Yeah, I was a potato for Halloween one year. And you just had to wear beige. And, and I just stuff had to wear yourself. a big beige bag. Yeah, and... I'm not saying that you are potato shaped. I'm saying you had to wear beige and stuff yourself. I did. And I had yeah. to explain what I was all night. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's always um, a problem. Megan, you have the plug this week. I do. So for my work uh, writing for the spool. I have two reviews up there right now. I reviewed the second season of the television show You, Mm -hmm. uh, which this season is based on the second book, uh, Hidden Bodies. And it is dropping, that is dropping on Netflix, I think at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. But if you would just like to read my review, that is up on the spool. Yep, there's Um, lots of uh, promos for it I'm seeing on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, now I'm seeing them all the time. Yeah. And also I did... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I did a review of the new version of A Christmas Carol that yes. is airing on FX tonight. Actually, as we were recording this, it is currently on the television somewhere, mm-hmm. not in my house. <laughs> um, 
I did not like it. Uh, um, so I'd be interested if anyone out there watches it. Uh, I think in the UK it's airing over three nights, like as a miniseries. Here mm-hmm. they're just like, here's a chunk. Yeah. Watch oh, three hours, America. You fat Americans will sit in one place and watch one show. <laughs> so it's true. There I have was... been watching The Expanse all day. Honestly, I don't know, like, how... One, I don't know how many people who are watching it tonight will finish it once mm-hmm. it starts. And two, if I just saw the first hour, I would probably not have watched it, like, the next night. So but that was my, just me. But I wrote a review. My friend Maureen also, like, writes for Entertainment Weekly. And she just posted, actually, a piece that's called um, New Scrooge is Hot and I Don't Know How to Feel About It. <laughs> <laughs> I so. mean, I don't know if I go that far because they—it's Guy Pierce and they put him in some makeup. It's not, yeah. you know, fantastic. Also, he's a like piece of shit. So, mm. uh, but new Bob Cratchit's pretty good looking. Yeah, that—that uh, that was my comment to her. I was just like, "What about that Cratchit, though? Come on." Yeah, I still have not watched it, but your review made me want to watch it, even though you—oh <laughs> no—you said it was. <laughs> This is a thing, though. When someone doesn't like a thing, I feel like I have, like, that makes me want to see it more than if someone right, said fair. they liked it. Like, when people like things, I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'll see it whenever. But when someone's like, I did not like that, I'm just like, ooh, what is it about this that they didn't like? And will I like it? <laughs> like, um, I know that I will hate cats, but all of the reviews are making me think maybe I should see cats. I'm not going to see cats. I hate cats. I know you well, love them, but... by Memorial Day, it'll be out yeah. streaming, and we can we can all watch it together. Oh, no. <laughs> all right, fine. But I'm doing drugs <laughs> first. <laughs> Just getting that out there. <laughs> so, everyone, I think that's going to do it for us. We want to wish you guys a safe and happy holiday season whatever your faith or not maybe uh enjoy the time enjoy the day off work really mm-hmm. yeah so thanks everyone and we'll see you when we come back bye, bye.